Welcome to the United Church Podcast. We're a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love and walking in the ways of Jesus. We're striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you're encouraged and challenged by this week's homily. May the peace of Christ be with you. Psalm 8, 3 through 5. When I behold your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, mortal man that you take note of him? Yet you have made him little less than the angels and adorned him with glory and majesty. The God who created the universe, who sprinkled the nighttime sky with twinkling lights, he created it in love. The God who crafted and formed you, who tenderly knit together your innermost being, he created you in love. This God who created this world, who created you, who created your neighbor, and yes, who even created your enemy in love, calls on each of us to create in love as well. I've become keenly aware recently of just how much our society has come to see the individual as the sole source of meaning in this world. It is the individual by which we measure everything. We've pushed away from our understanding of connectivity as a society, bypassing what pulls us together of what connects us, tossing aside the notion that we are better together than we ever are apart. Division. Division rules our day as we crown the individual as Lord. These lines of connection, these bonds of intimacy between us and others that that once held together families, communities, societies, all of these things have become attenuated, paper thin, lost to the power of individualistic pursuit and personal achievement, broken by ego, torn apart by ideologies that value individual liberty over all. Is it no wonder that loneliness fills our lives? As our search for fulfillment continues, as we pursue the satisfaction of desire and our own individual definitions of freedom, all to discover over and over and over again that the pursuit is less than satisfying and never all that we desire. Unfulfilled, we sink deeper and deeper into the self, hoping beyond hope that we'll somehow snag a thread of meaning in the dark depths of our being, tugging and pulling, hoping beyond hope that this thread will lead us to the core of self-actualization, hoping that this pursuit will be the pursuit to end all pursuits. And yet, this is what the Lord says. 
Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, righteousness. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. This is our God, the God who created you and me, the God who created the universe and all of the twinkling stars, the God who created your friend and your foe. He is a God who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness on the earth out of love for you, for me, for all of us. From love you were created. We were created. All things were created. Love. It's such a beautiful word, isn't it? So full of meaning, brimming with feeling and emotion as it sweeps through the most beautiful sonnets and poems spoken to our children as they drift off to sleep, to our partners, our family, our friends. We use that same word so full of storied meaning to also declare our devotion to tacos. I love tacos. Tacos chukis. And I wonder, have we spoiled the word? I love my wife, and I also love tacos chukis. God loves us just like we love Molly Moon's ice cream and Netflix. It seems as if we've spoiled the word, as if we've lost its true meaning, as if we've lost the depth of responsibility in the word, that, that love is about emptying ourselves for one another, giving of ourselves to the other fully and completely. That love is not an individualistic pursuit meant to give me all the feels, but instead about giving all that I am and all that I have to you, to the other, to the stranger, to my foe. Love. Love is not a solitary endeavor. There is no such thing as love without a recipient of your affections. It's no wonder we've lost the meaning of love in our society. As we continue to spiral more and more inward, as we dive deeper into the self, searching for fulfillment, severing the bonds of connection and deepening the chasm of division, pining after what feels like unrequited love. Love. But we've reduced love to tacos and television. This this culture that we inhabit here in the United States is starved of love. We have all the tacos and TV shows sitting at our fingertips, and yet we're unfulfilled. Depression and anxiety rates are higher than they have ever been in our culture. As, as we drive ourselves further and further away from love, real love, true 
So we drive further and further into our individualized reality, our echo chambers of our own creation. Love simply becomes a mirage where tacos and television and ideologies become our beloveds. And yet, this is our God who created us out of love and who pours out his love on us, strengthening the bonds of connectivity, deepening the lines of intimacy, broadening the depth of love through kindness and justice and righteousness. All throughout scripture, this is how God has revealed himself to us. Throughout the ages, this is how God has shown us his love through kindness, through justice, through righteousness. Several years ago, in the wake of personal devastation, I spent hours daily at a cafe in reflection. I looked over the course of my life, wondering if God was there, if he had ever been there in the most painful and most devastating moments to see if I could see the smallest sign of God's fingertip showing me kindness, justice, righteousness. As I mapped out the most devastating moments, the most heart-wrenching, traumatic, and painful experiences of my life on a timeline, I turned to examine the immediate aftermath, and, and there, in each moment, I saw more than the fingertip of God showing me kindness and justice and righteousness. I saw the love of God lavishly poured out on me. Kindness, justice, righteousness. This person after person stepped forward as the hands and feet of Jesus to pick me up, to carry me along, to lift my chin and renew in me the hope and instill in me the goodness of God's grace. And people like Hank and Josie and Candace, people whom you've never met but made an indelible impact on my life. People like John Sisniewski and Jenea Brown, Dave Ferguson and Pat Masick, Lupe Coulter and Justin Forsyth, people who through unbelievable kindness showed me the way forward. People like Kim and Maria Hammond, Mike and Al and Deb, Greg Hunt and Bill Carroll and Brooks Wilson. People picked me up and showed me the righteousness of God. Alicia Crumpton and Chris Beard, Tim Sutherland and so many more who showed me the justice of God the hands and feet of God. They made me the receptacle of God's love as each of them in their own ways poured out his love onto me and into my life. You see, God is a God of kindness, of justice, and of righteousness. And what I find so fascinating about this God is that he asks no less of this from us. In Micah 6, 8, the prophet says, He has shown you, O mortals, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? 
to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And these words of requirement from Micah, the exact same words God uses to describe himself in Jeremiah. Kindness. Justice. He has shown us what is good. And it's all that he requires of us to show loving kindness or mercy, to act justly or do justice, and to simply walk. Walk. Walk with God. To humbly walk with him as he does what is right. Which is really just a posture of learning. To be in relationship with God and learn from him the ways of kindness and of justice. These are the ways of love. From love you were created, and to love you shall return. But will you, yourself, will you return to love as love? From love you were created, and to love you shall return. But will you, yourself, will you return to love as love? Will you step outside of yourself? Will you turn your gaze to others in kindness and justice as you walk humbly with this God? Four years. These past four years have been more traumatizing and difficult than I think we could have ever imagined emotionally. Sure, we, we had an intellectual understanding of what was possible, but, but I'm not sure our hearts were ready to confront the daily onslaughts of lies and hatred, vitriol and dehumanization that came from the people's house. But perhaps more than that, I'm not sure we were emotionally or spiritually prepared for what was to come out of the white church. The white church eschewed kindness and demonized justice. Pride and power became the modes of operation, and here, in this moment, the tattered mess of the white church has been laid bare for all to see. We need a new church, because this, this segregated institution, Yes, segregated. The church today is eight times more segregated than our public schools because whiteness has run amok. This segregated institution bears a marred image of the God of the universe. And we need a new church. A church that centers the voices of all. A church that, that looks more like Jesus. A church filled with people who have devoted themselves to loving kindness, mercy, a church that is committed to the works of justice. A church that walks humbly with God. It really is that simple. It's a three-step plan. A plan that presses us beyond our individualism and into the arms of community. As together we love kindness, love justice, and walk humbly with God. And in all of this, will simply look more like Jesus. I'm tired of critiquing the white church. I, I'm tired of what feels like screaming into the void. I, I've taken some solace in the words of Richard Rohr, who said, the best criticism of the bad is the practice of the better. And so as we close out this series, Life Together, 
That is what I want us to commit to together. The practice of the better. And if you haven't noticed, it's why we do the things that we do. We practice loving kindness on the weekly by what we do at Safe Harbor, by preparing individually packaged meals for our neighbors, by taking the time to carefully write messages of encouragement to each one of them on, on the boxes of meals. But there's more loving kindness that we've done. Pr providing bags of groceries to the Queen Anne helpline, helping our businesses in Queen Anne at the start of the pandemic, adopting a new one each week. And with the over $4,000 worth of gift cards we bought, turning around and giving them away to families in need. We do each of these, not to feel good about ourselves, but to step outside of ourselves to create a recipient of God's love, to rain down the love of God in the midst of someone else's darkness. It's why we do justice, why we show up at City Hall to advocate for our neighbors at Safe Harbor, to prick the moral conscience of the state and share the stories of our neighbors, wielding the power that each of us have as citizens. It's why we show up at protests, to use our voice, to serve as peacekeepers, to speak up and speak out for those who have no voice. And there's so much more growth for us in this. But we also seek to walk humbly with God, which is why we're doing this rule and rhythm. It's, it's why we're daily apprenticing ourselves to Jesus through Scripture, why we're fasting once a week to draw closer to the presence of God, to walk humbly with Him. It's why we Sabbath weekly. All of these designed to walk humbly with our God. Because in each of these, we grow in love for the other, for the stranger, for our foes. And ultimately, we grow together. This is life together. This is the practice of the better. We need a new church, but let it begin here with us together. The God who crafted and formed you, who tenderly knit together your innermost being, he created you in love. This God who created the world, who created you, who created your neighbor, and yes, who even created your enemy in love calls each of us to create in love as well. So let us step forward together in loving kindness, in justice, and together walking humbly with our God. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's homily. If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us at 1316 Third Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.